0: Hey guys, what's up? Here is the latest. We've, I've been flooding this Find Your Film podcast feed because just all of these interviews have really come at once, along with our weekly review. This specific episode is mini episode is an interview that Eric Holmes did with filmmakers PJ McCabe and Jim Cummings. They are the creators behind this new film called The Beta Test. Now, here's a plot synopsis behind it. Okay. By the way, The Beta Test hits theaters Friday, November fifth, and also where you rent movies. Okay, everywhere. So that's the whole tagline. You can, if, if On-demand, digital, whatever, you can rent it, okay? So if you're not going to be it, obviously the best way to, to see it, it is in the theaters, but if you're staying at home like me, if you are a hermit or you're just a cinephile who likes and you're a homebody, you can rent it on VOD, digital, on-demand, all that stuff. Everywhere you rent movies. Anyways, the synopsis is, a married Hollywood agent receives a mysterious letter for an anonymous sexual encounter and becomes ensnared in a sinister world of lying murder, and infidelity in this scintillating satire. Now, this scintillating satire is its actually... It's very funny, but it's also violent, and it has so many different elements to it that I really loved. Now, coming living in L.A. and actually living in L.A. since I was 10, so it's last 40 years, I really loved how the dialogue, even though it seems very hyper-real or just feels like it's not of this earth, this is really how, in my opinion, a lot of people in Los Angeles, especially people working in the entertainment industry, talk to each other, speak to each other. They speak in this very coded, entitled language that maybe sometimes in my younger years, I might have employed this as well. Maybe I was a complete, you know what, back in the day, or maybe I still have traces of that. I don't know. Anyways, it's a very interesting LA story in many ways, but there are so many different layers to the beta test, which aircombs Holmes Covers with P.J. McCabe and Jim Cummings. They talk about their love of Jalo films, specifically Dario Argento. And you know, I I wish actually Eric Holmes had another hour. He probably would have talked to them about some of his favorite movies uh, in the Jalo genre. And obviously, if if you guys don't know what Jalo is, it's like. Argento Suspiria—that's one of the many movies. There's Deep Red again, I believe, by Argento. And Jalo is a genre that I've been just within the past year. I've been really diving into, and you know, filmmakers like Mario Bava. We've covered this on the Find Your Film podcast. Now I'm gonna be quiet right now. Let me—I'm just gonna play the audio version of the trailer for the beta test, and then I'm just gonna dive in. You're gonna just dive into the interview that Eric Holmes has with these wonderful filmmakers. They're all—they're—they're they're really indie guys, and they're very down to earth. And so I really love this interview. And it's, oh, they also talk about their upcoming movie, a movie that they're starting to write the screenplay on. They've been working on it for the last year and a half. It's a Victorian-era epic. And I'm really excited to, to check that out. And, yeah, if you're a fan of Jim Cummings and P. Jim McCabe, their work together, their work separately, you're going to really enjoy this interview. Again, props to Eric Combs for conducting a very good interview here on this Find Your Film podcast. Enjoy the interview. Take care, guys.
1: What are we doing here? A couple of weeks ago,
2: I got a letter in the mail inviting me to a no strings attached sexual encounter in a hotel room. It's pretty card, looked official. I don't know. I was stupid. I went. What,
1: dude? This is nuts.
2: I'd wear a blindfold,
1: but the woman. I can't even tell you. Wait, 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 what's going on here? Hold on. Wait, this is really happening? You really did this? In this climate?
2: Honey, is anything going on? We're getting married in like six weeks. If anything were going on, I'd let you know.
1: Now I'm suspicious of everyone. Maybe it's your wife. Maybe it's my way. People are so terrified of stepping out of line. Consequences won't go away anymore.
2: Come on, Jacqueline, was I taken off of the email chain with Marvel? This is a failure. I can't use the language that I'd like to use to you right now because of the new direction that the agency and the country is going. I'm fine. Everything's great with me. This isn't a midlife crisis. I'll let you know when I'm having one of those. (laughs) Hey, Jacqueline, perfect timing. So how are you going to come in tomorrow? Let's call today a wash, okay? How are you going to look tomorrow when you come in? How are you going to convince me today that you're better at your job tomorrow?
1: Jacqueline. I think maybe now is a good time we all take a break and, and reassess what it is we're doing here.
3: How you guys doing today? Doing well. How are, How are, you? are you? Where are uh, you? I'm in uh, Colorado Springs. Okay, cool. And actually, I, I guess that that was one of the questions. I was going to save it for later. But the uh, the end shot with the uh, the uh, was the uh, mountain shot looked like uh, it was kind of north northwest of Denver is that where that was shot at or exactly where that was shot at yeah. okay cool yeah. I, I saw that I'm like I've never seen it from that angle because I yeah. haven't been in a plane up, up that, yeah. but like, I recognize cool. that pass yeah exactly <laughs> <laughs> I, I guess uh, the first real question I have is uh, this is your first co-directing feature yep. and uh, I guess the question is how do you guys split the uh, directing duties I, I've heard you guys talk about how you split the writing duties basically just kind of uh, talk it out and then write yeah. it later but ha- how does uh how does the day-to-day of splitting directing duties go
2: i think we're just moving so fast on set that it's like whoever can put out the fire first does it and like pj and i have this kind of unified vision and the same sense of humor so it's like very helpful when we're doing something and we go yeah yeah, yeah keep doing it like that actually give us more of that like the, the the most unified that we are is obviously when we're not both on camera. Like PJ does a lot of the control and making sure that I'm not fucking up the scenes that I'm acting in. I'm in the movie a lot. But then like for the opening scenes, it's very much co-directing like for the Swedish murder because we don't have to act. We don't have to put on makeup. We get to wear pajamas if we want to. Um, so yeah, it, it's kind of just like very fluid. We do the podcast version of the movie and that's really sculpting the movie's performances in audio form. And then we just show up on set and try and execute that as best as possible.
1: Yeah. There's never like showing up in the morning and being like, all right, you're going to do this. You're going to do this. It's just kind of like, I don't, we both have such a good idea ahead of time, of what we need in the scene. So it's more just like, how do we get it back to, you know, the, how we had executed it in the beginning and.
2: And like yeah. asking ourselves constantly, like, is this working? Like, is that working? Yeah, it's more
1: checking in with each other than <laughs> and anybody else being like, do you feel good about this? You feel, and then and then we're like. Yeah. All right, let's go talk to him and yeah. kind of go
3: from there. So the pro- you get a lot more uh, confirmation on the spot as opposed to, I hope I did this right. Fuck, yeah. I hope I did this right. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. and yeah. It's, it's great. We have a very open video village. So like anytime,
2: like we have a live stream to these giant monitors that the producers are at that like our investors sometimes come to set and watch. And like everybody who's not working presently will kind of be in video village. We have this very open process. I learned so much about making movies from going on other sets and watching how movies are made. So like literally, if someone, if a production assistant says, What about this? Like that's a funnier joke. You could do this, we always if it makes the movie one percent better, include that idea in the thing. So it, it is it is really nice to have those that many safeguards on the set to kind of I guess like in, encapsulate the movie and, and and make it safer, I guess. Yeah, make it better. So is this Especially like something
1: a, as complicated as this? So it's just nice to have, yeah, multiple people making sure you get all the details right and everything. Cause there's
3: a lot going on. So is this going to be the, uh, is this going to be the new band going forward? The, uh, uh, Johnny PayPal brothers, uh, <laughs> directing team or, uh, Uh, Or would there be an, uh, I guess, uh, would there be an instance where uh, PJ, maybe uh, you want to do your solo act, so to speak? I mean, like, there there are projects that PJ and I
2: are writing together, and there are projects that we're writing separately. And I think, like, the ones that we're working on together will probably be the stuff that we do directing together. Like, neither of us has a big ego, and we know that, like... There are things that we just, some things that we privately have to get out of our systems, like a a feature or a short or something like that. But yeah, no, we have a lot of fun bullshitting and making stuff. Yeah.
1: It's working. Yeah. I think for the most part, yeah, I think Jim and I have kind of struck up this little partnership and company that will definitely pursue various projects. And like sometimes, yeah, we'll delegate different duties. But for the most part, I think this will be the brain trust for sure. Sweet. Sweet. I
3: also have to thank you guys for uh, having Virginia new come in this uh, on the show. We loved her in uh death of Dick long. And then as soon as we heard that she was going to be in the beta test, we're like, Oh, this is going to be so fucking good. This is going to be so fucking good. Yeah, dude. She's fucking phenomenal. Yeah, she's great. Man.
2: She is. Yeah. You don't have to thank us, man. It was our pleasure working with yeah, her. We're uh, lucky to have we, her. We had auditioned her to play uh, my cop partner in the Wolf of Snow Hollow. And the studio said that she wasn't famous enough yet to play the part. And it was like kind of down to the wires between her and Ricky Lindholm and we ended up going with Ricky Lindholm. who was great and like, I'm glad that we got to work with her. She made the movie fucking phenomenal. But then I felt so bad and I was like, I really think Virginia would be fucking awesome to work with. I love her in Death of Dick Long. And she's also just like an incredibly lovely person and talented actress. And then she came and visited LA while we were writing the movie and she came up and hung out with us in the loft while we were writing. And PJ was like, "Oh, absolutely, fuck yeah, she's gotta have it." And so like, we kind of like started writing the script more directed towards her because we knew that
3: we wanted to work with her. Um, also, I uh, I checked out because uh, I didn't know a lot of uh, PJ McCabe other than your other than your uh, part in Wolf of Snow Hollow. So I went and checked out uh, Thirteen Cameras, <laughs> and I gotta say I'm kind of a little disappointed if uh, I, I got the name right, Neville Archibald. Yeah, Archibald. Uh, Archibald. Archibald. Yeah. Archibald. Yeah. Uh, A little disappointed he didn't at least show up a little bit in the beta test, but uh, but but I thought of something because in thirteen cameras, Jim, you ratted your boy out, and then then this one, you went you went and uh, confided in him, and he's got your back. So how's that work?
2: Yeah, that's that's, yeah yeah yeah. yeah. It's it's a full cinematic universe. uh, In retrospect, that's really funny. I've never made that connection before. Yeah. Uh, neville is fucking awesome and neville is actually in the same montage that pj is in in the wolf of snow hollow where he's like i've got cats at home i got cats to feed i can't (laughs) be here it's really funny uh but no, he's he's actually a Shakespearean actor and is so wonderful. And I think we're going to work with him for everything uh, if we can. Yeah. No, he's, exactly. our, he's our good buddy. Yeah.
1: I just talked to him this week, actually. Um, no. Yeah, he's he's like the nicest guy in the world. His character in 13 cameras could not be farther from what he actually is in real life, which is, <laughs> yeah. I mean, speaks to how good of an actor he is. Yeah, he plays um,
2: such a creep in
1: that franchise. Yeah, he's, and in but he's life, like the he's nicest, the nicest dude. <laughs> man ever in real life. And uh, we're definitely yeah i mean we're writing a bunch of weird horror offshoot horror stuff and or and anything we're gonna do we're gonna put him in because he's awesome yeah
3: so with with uh i guess your uh your success and you you all you often uh um kind of allowed independent film are are there some other stuff that like uh, are you in a place where you get to uh produce other independent films or uh is there some other projects that you can get off the ground that you wouldn't have otherwise probably before thunder road for example
2: yeah it's funny if you just keep making stuff and it ends up doing well um with audiences you end up having people take you seriously in a way that i never i never thought possible in a, in a crazy way like i we always thought that we'd just be scrapping together money from kickstarter <laughs> like friends and family to make our stupid fucking movies and now we've gotten to a place where like because we're able to deliver such a fun fucking movie, people are asking us what we want to do next. So it has become exponentially easier. The more movies that you put out, where people are like, "Oh, it's not a fluke. They're actually they actually might have some talent." We don't, but we're able to fool people into thinking uh, that we do. We can trick them, yeah. Yeah, yeah, we can trick them out of their money can um, to make people. Them. But no, dude, honestly, like I'm having fun doing this like stupid bullshit stuff that PJ and I are doing, and then sending the ladder back down as much as possible. So like we run a lab every year where we bring short filmmakers from around the world called the Short to Feature Lab, where we help them pro bono, completely nonprofit to help them to make their features. And it's the most fulfilling thing that we can do because nobody did that for us. And to be able to clear all of the bullshit from the air and say, it really is just going out and making movies with your friends and scrapping together whatever money you can put together to make the movie, um it's it's really incredibly fulfilling and uh I hope to keep doing it. I hope to continue to pretend to be Robert Redford for the next fifty years.
3: <laughs> well, um balls. My my brain just went blank. Don't worry, it does this from time to time. Um I often
2: I often finish an answer too quickly and it's not I realize I'm doing no help to the interviewer like <laughs> I wasn't ready with my next thing. I'm sorry. And like nah, it's, sometimes nah, it's, it's like Kafka. I finish a sentence halfway through and then they're like, Oh, he stopped talking. Okay, shit. Really?
3: Yeah, no, it's good. I, I I took time off work today, so I haven't quite got drunk enough for the interview. But uh, maybe in the future <laughs> we'll figure that out. But but you guys uh, mentioned before we started talking about your uh, your love for uh, Dario Argento, which is awesome. And there's definitely a, a huge Jalo influence, which is weird because the movie itself plays as a comedy, but <laughs> that but but that the opening scene and the the end scene kind of sets sets a different it it sets a different tone at the beginning the whole middle is comedy and then it ends with that that kind of tone to make you think that you just watched a thriller which he kind of did but (laughs) like like what what, I I guess kind of go into some of the uh the influences and how that made its way into the beta test
2: Yeah, Yeah. so, yeah. I mean, like, we (laughs) always, we, PJ and I, like, while we were writing, we were listening to all this, like, Bruno Nicolai music, we were listening to, like, you know, goblins, we're listening to, like, all of the giallo soundtracks we possibly could, because there's so much fun and different, and, like, the harpsichord music of, like, like, spooky shit that comes out, it's just, it's so fulfilling and, like, grindhouse to us, and it's, like, such its own style, and then in making this movie, we like wanted to do this love letter to those 70s Italian films, um, which are also funny. Like Dario does some weird shit in his movies. There's like, oh, this is ridiculous, you know, like uh, in watching Inferno, where it's like this, there's just some woman in a lecture hall with a cat staring at the guy and the windows burst open. It's like, what is going on in this movie? Oh, yeah, that um, makes
3: sense. That's weird. Yeah, exactly.
2: <laughs> it's just like some weird stoner, like horror Italian dude that made this movie. Um I guess he was a child at that point. He was still like, in his, you know, 30s or whatever. I guess we're still children. Um, but yeah, no, I like we we love that. We love David Fincher. Like so much of Girl the Dragon Tattoo is stolen and put into this film, Zodiac. The engine of that film is like a narrative detective engine and then like murders populated kind of throughout the film which is kind of the structure of, uh, of Beta Test as well. Um, I don't know. It was just kind of working when we were doing it out loud, and yeah, it started much
1: more giallo. I mean, really, the original draft was very giallo. It was, and I mean, the original cut, it was a lot of Bruno Nicolai. I mean, a lot more giallo music. Um, yeah, it was like giallo L.A. noir, <laughs> erotic yeah. thriller, uh, that kind of yeah, spun, yeah. yeah, but with but with comedy, and yeah, you're right. I mean, kind of sandwich sandwiching it between these two really dramatic scenes uh to kind of set the high stakes
2: yeah like eyes wide <laughs> shut is uh, eyes wide shut has a piano score where like the yeah. boom, boom, but like if it were a harpsichord you'd be like oh this is giallo like this is this is yeah. just italian oh, yeah. it's like all the heavy blue light and like the red light like all of the neon and shit it's
3: like it, it feels very uncle dario You you've talked about your writing process and the writing in all your movies is really good it's got that uh kind of kind of uh david mammoth kind of feel in that they're, your character, like the uh, blah, 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 blah. And also I'm a cop. Like that's, that's not something <laughs> someone writes on the page. It seems, it seems like it's something you just came up with on the day, but I've heard you mention that uh, what you say is what you write. Yeah. We came yeah, up so, with that on the writing day. I mean, yeah, yeah just doing yeah. it out loud.
2: Yeah, yeah. We're, we're like, like all of that stuff where he's like, he's constantly getting shot down by people like in the leasing office or like the concierge at the hotel. And we're just thinking like, how do we up the state? So like if we if we have him commit a crime, which is to, you know, impersonating a police officer or a federal agent, which is a federal crime. Um, we're like, how do we keep like, you know, having it be stressful that this guy is committing all of these crimes? And, uh, and to throw it in in the last minute of, like, I need to see security camera footage and also I'm a police officer. And like, just having it, like, be under his breath, it's, like, so stupid. And that's
3: kind of, it felt natural to us. And it was making us laugh. Yeah, I, I just like how, uh, like, I, I, I could see, like, on the page, uh, the characters stepping over themselves, like, as they go. And, and it, it gives it that kind of uh, realistic kind of uh, cadence to it. We
2: were always trying to do that as well, where like we We're like, PJ was adamant about, like, fitting in these things that are things that he's carrying from the rest of his life that then end up coming out of his mouth on accident of, like, when he's talking to the concierge, she's like, you know, I, uh, my assistant would have left this thing, I'm getting married soon, and I'm wondering, like, and he's, he doesn't mean to say that out loud, but that says, like, he's stressed that he's getting married, and then the same thing goes for that like screaming in the leasing office where I go, uh, my clients enjoy spending time with me. Let me see security camera footage. And it's like, he's, he's already admitted he's not a police officer basically in that moment. And it's like, he's stressed that his clients hate him. And like, that's so
1: funny. getting his lies mixed up. He's getting his stresses, <laughs> like all his, he's like, he's juggling the wrong spinning plates at the wrong time because he's just getting so overwhelmed <laughs> that they're starting to cross over in his mind. And it's, and it's funny yeah because he's just
2: so
1: overwhelmed An idiot
3: yeah overwhelmed idiot yeah <laughs> um I, another thing on uh, my co-host bruce uh just he gave me a whole list of stuff to ask um cool. well, well, one thing that stood out was he mentioned the earthquake it was very yeah. brief and he saw that as kind of the the filmmaker you know you guys but like the filmmaker behind the scenes saying uh his world's becoming unstable right now is that the entire is that
2: the entire landscape of hollywood is shifting and it's like the there it is built on unsecure ground and like this thing is happening. we all know that the big earthquake is going to come and then like we have a building collapse in the movie there's always these buildings collapses like like these giant agencies these things that were used that used to be these pillars of security uh in the industry is now completely shifting and that's a visual metaphor for what Hollywood is going through right now with the WGA packaging fight with this IATSE you know fight and shit like People are sick of the powers that be not giving them fucking money. And so the, those towers are slowly collapsing. And it was it was just this kind of like funny visual metaphor for us that the, these people are living inside of these buildings that are, you know, it's unsafe to
3: be in sometimes. Well, these are small businesses. I mean, they can't afford to pay everyone, right?
1: That's right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Fuck them up in pop studios. Yeah. Fuck them.
3: Yeah. I, I guess with the with the earthquake comment though like uh, how, how many uh, little details do you throw in that, like uh, maybe with since they've been out for a while like Wolf of Snow Hollow and Thunder Road like how many little uh, details like that did you throw in there that just no one picks up on or that you haven't heard of
2: I'm trying to think of good uh, easter eggs um, so with, with Beta Test we knew that by having me say and also I'm a police officer that that would get a kick out of audiences you because... got a kick out of me <laughs> because it's like it's a funny thing where like you were expecting me to be a police officer and I'm playing an agent now but then I'm impersonating a police officer and I was like okay people are people always make fun of me on Twitter be like oh Jim's making another movie he's probably playing a cop again and it's true kind of but like it was funny to kind of throw that in for fans um there's a thousand easter eggs in Wolf of Snow Hollow of like the the taxidermist wrote the book on taxidermy that I am scanning at the library, and I don't think anybody's noticed that one. Um, He's on the Airbnb laminated sheet when the girl's walking through the woods in the opening. Um, He took all the knives out of the knife rack because obviously he's planning on murdering them later in the film uh, on the property. Small things like that that I, I feel like kind of go unnoticed that only like fans of Rosemary's Baby would be like, oh my God, the director's trying to tell me something, you know?
3: What are some, uh, obviously talked about, we got the uh, Thunder Road, Wolf of Snow Hollow, now the beta test. Uh, we talked about thirteen cameras. What are some uh, stuff that you guys worked on in the past that are like, ah, oh, that was really good, but just it it never caught on. Like, what what are some things that maybe uh, me and others should go back and check out?
2: I mean, PJ's favorite thing that we've done uh, is this this fake documentary web series that we did at Sundance two years in a row. So we, we won Sundance in 2016. We had no idea that, that Thunder Road the Short was gonna do well at the festival, um, but we had never been. And so we knew that there was gonna be a lot of like pomp and circumstance and celebration. And most people go to these big film festivals to like seem cool and be glamorized. And we just tried to make ourselves look as bad as possible. And then we won the festival, <laughs> we won the grand jury prize. <laughs> and so the, the doc series became this thing of like the wrong people won Sundance. And like I get addicted to cocaine and I'm like shouting at my parents and stuff who are like actually my parents in the, in the film. Yeah. Uh, but it's yes. so impressively done and we like pr- planned it out months in advance and it's on Vimeo, it's called Sundance 2016 and then the sequel is Sundance 2017. Um, but they kind of work well together, they're very funny.
1: Yeah, they're just these, I'm I'm weirdly more proud of that than maybe anything we've ever done because just narratively and just comedically and just how committed we were. And it's just really well-constructed and just they're like weirdly beautiful, fun, like really good character arcs. I'm just, I'm so and just proud like of them.
2: Bullshit about the industry that we wanted to put in. Like there's a moment where Dustin, Dustin our buddy says, uh, he's playing my manager and he says, uh, I fell asleep during the Sony meeting today. And PJ goes, you fell asleep while they were talking?
1: And he goes, no, I was talking. (laughs) (laughs) It's just like weird stuff. And like, I'm convinced like, yeah, Robert Redford is like an alien. He's like aliens. And like, if you drink the water. That's probably the best thing that we've got. Like it makes you crazy. I don't know. It's everyone go watch
3: it. It's my favorite thing we've done. (laughs) Yeah. Also, I uh, heard uh, other interviews where you talked about your uh, budding masterpiece, the uh, uh, Victorian era. Was that like a Victorian horror that you guys are planning on? Yeah, Yeah.
2: I think we're finally going to start writing it like next month. We've been writing it for the last year and a half uh, through thousands of conversations and this one big Google Doc. But we're finally going to start writing it in November. Um, It's fucking unbelievable. It is so much fun and it's it's one of those things where like we love it so much this story and all it's gonna take is us attaching a few people through the script and then gonna go knock on doors and see if anybody will actually take us seriously but it's so beautiful and it's so scary and funny and poignant and lovable it's like it's undeniable and PJ and I have just been like thrilled to start working on it because we've been so intimidated it's like okay well, it's so big I don't know if we could do it but we've been working on it for a year and a half is about time we start writing it yeah what's, uh,
3: we're what's, ready oh i'm sorry go ahead
1: oh no i said we're ready to finally do it yeah we've been building it for so long it's just like yeah we just need to sit down and put it out there
3: so what's uh, what's the uh i guess what's the roadblock you have um as far as as far as writing it like what are you guys it, having trouble what yeah. hump are you having trouble getting over it takes place
2: during the victorian era in virginia and it's really just getting the history
1: right. And like late sure Victorian that the, era, like yeah, the early the, days of, uh, yeah, the transition into electricity for a lot of uh, a lot of the world.
2: Yeah, uh, the, the language and the technology are right. But I mean, it's the longest gestation period that we've had in writing something. The beta test took a year and a half to write and doing the research and making sure it's right. This one's taking longer than that. And it's just, we were talking to historians. It's also... Uh, a a race story it's a story about an interracial friendship a bit like thunder road um but we just kind of want to make sure that we're doing it all right and um and i think we are i think we've done enough research now that we're like okay let's we can do it Uh, let's stop being intimidated
3: let's do it Yeah. yeah let's do it but what's the uh i think a lot of writers get uh bogged down on the uh looking stuff up jesus christ my brain so research so yeah, yeah research there you go yeah. i'm glad i'm glad you guys are here to help me out because, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um but uh, a lot of writers get uh bogged down on research like when do you know that oh it's time like i i i can learn more but at it, it, some yeah. point you're just gonna just keep going
2: yeah they okay. say uh picasso said um Uh, a piece of art is not a no no sorry it was da vinci a piece of art is never finished it's abandoned and i think uh it gets to a point now where it's like well either we could keep talking about it or we could actually deliver and do this thing right um and it's just been it's gotten to a point now where it's like i think we've outlined and like done a a beat down of every scene it's time to write it in screenplay format and we'll, we'll we'll iron it out later but it needs to get
1: done we have enough and we know enough that we'll be able to get a really strong first draft that yeah we can iron out later but we have it so mapped out that actually i don't even think it's going to be too like there's never going to be a scene where we're like well what do we do now it's like it's just literally at this point like the heavy lifting's done it's just translating it into final screenplay format which i think is going to be fun that's the first
2: it's fucking unbelievable it's going to be it's really be crazy fucking unbelievable i cannot
1: wait to start oh, sharing it with the world
2: it's I, really cool I,
3: I can't wait either i'm yeah oh uh, geez I, I, i'm just all, i'm cocky pictures going one. through my head of what this could I'm, possibly i'm be. over
1: cocky about this one but yeah. i feel you okay too. with yeah. it. yeah
3: i guess it looks like we're coming up on the end but my co-host bruce has a uh we have a what's in the box segment where he has a <laughs> box with people come up with movies and the movies are uh lesser seen ones maybe something that's important to you maybe not and uh, he would uh, beat my ass to a bloody pulp if I did not ask for a movie that he could put in the box from each of you.
2: Um, I've got two of them. Sorry, Bruce. Uh, that works. <laughs> uh, one of them is Corpus Christi, the Polish film uh, that was nominated for Best International Film when Parasite won. It's uh, unbelievable. You need to see it. it's on the Criterion Channel in America. Um, and then Little Forest, which is a South Korean film from 2018 that's a really beautiful um, kind of like live action Ghibli film that's really well constructed. Uh,
1: I, I'm i just going to say uh, this short film that is near and dear to me called The Procedure. Uh, it is uh, and a phenomenal short that uh, just changed the way I look at filmmaking and I encourage everyone to go out and find it and watch it. I'm sure it's got to be online somewhere. <laughs> <It's gonna> be- <laughs> Okay.
2: staff picked on vimeo won the right. grand uh, won the u.s jury prize at sundance 2016 just uh, just procedure. find it
1: and watch it and you
3: don't, you don't watch it. <laughs> it's three there, minutes uh, it's three minutes long okay well that well that'll be great for him because it, it'll be less homework for that week <laughs> yeah is, is there anything uh, uh just uh for clarity the procedure i, I just want to make sure he didn't type it in like a hanson versus predator or something didn't come up and he watches that instead or
2: uh no it's a short film by calvin reader and okay. it, it is uh it's about a guy who gets blow darted uh, and knocked out and wakes up during a medical procedure
3: <laughs>
2: <Sweet>.
1: <laughs> <laughs>
2: i'm gonna watch this right
3: now after i get
1: <laughs> off with you guys <laughs> fucking unreal Yeah, it's on vimeo yeah,
3: yeah it changed my life yeah well, uh just want to say thank you guys for coming on the coming on the show. Really appreciate it and we're big fans of you guys. And uh I cannot wait to see that Victorian epic and uh, man, I'm dude. sure uh uh was it Uncle David? I'm sure Uncle he'll Dave, be proud. Man. Uncle David. Sure Uncle man. Dave will be Dave, proud of man. the latest. We, we work every day to to make him proud. He's seen it.
2: He saw it uh, in May or June or something like that. Oh wow! Uh, and sent sent a nice email saying that we're very talented, so we can retire early if we want to.
1: Because yeah, like, yeah. we needed no other confirmation <laughs> other than Uncle Dave seeing beta. I mean, we could have stopped the movie right there and pulled the plug. So that was that was incredible. Everyone hates
3: it, but Uncle Dave gives approval. So fuck yeah! Seriously, y'all. <laughs> I wouldn't
1: care about anybody else. We'll but Uncle Dave, yeah, we'll gonna uh, shit about anyone. That was huge. Yeah. Oh, news. Well.
3: Uh, Yeah, I guess uh, I guess that's it. Thank you guys for coming on. And uh, yeah,
2: Eric, thank you for having us, man. It was our pleasure.
1: Thanks so much, man. Really appreciate it.